Renaissance show episode six, Ray. Um, let's move on to Julian the Apostate. Nice. Okay. One of my one of my favourite guys, Julian. Um, didn't last long, Julian, but he had a crack. He was the last great hope of humanity, Julian. <laughs> yeah. He. Now, um, yeah. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, um, just to remind everybody, this guy did not have an easier younger life. When Connie dies, uh, it seems that uh, his cousin, Constantius II, has seemed to have organized or led a massacre, killing a lot of Julian's close relatives. So this guy, you know, has seen some bloodshed from a very young life. And after that, he was excluded for a while. But he was given a Christian education. Both of his parents were Christian. He was raised by his grandmother. But still, this guy saw a lot of bloodshed at a very young age. And you've got to think that affected this. Now, I'm not saying he's Dexter, but I'm saying you've got to think seeing that much bloodshed at a young age has affected this young man. Yeah, he was... Tutored by Eusebius of Nicomedia, the same guy who baptised Constantine on his deathbed. This guy's all over the place. Um, but at some point, he basically returned to the old gods. The historian Amanius Marcellinus tells us that Julian believed that Christian infighting was so bitter mm. that the religion would simply destroy itself. Right. So he returns to the old pagan gods, um, said that he viewed the traditional myths as just allegories in which the ancient gods were aspects of just a philosophical divinity. He was a vegetarian, and he wrote his own rebuttal of Christianity while Mm. emperor. Um, you You would think he might have had more important things to do, but no, he decided he was going to try and crush Christianity by pointing out what a crock of shit it was, in his view. He wrote something called the Contra Galileos against the Galileans, which um, we obviously don't have, unfortunately. I think it was three volumes long. He had a lot to say. Um, Yeah, but... Cyril, the Patriarch of Alexandria, uh, in his writings, uh, sort of refuting or rebutting uh, Julian, claimed that it was one of the most important anti-Christian works that had been written and was widely considered to be irrefutable because Julian was a smart motherfucker and knew how to create a good argument. Maybe that's why it didn't survive, because it was theoretically irrefutable. Oh, I think that's pretty certain. Okay. Yeah, it got All destroyed right. later on. All copies of it got destroyed. Thanks, Christians. Um, yeah. Now, uh, he basically used their own scriptures to highlight the contradictions in Christianity. For example, he asked why there is no recognition in the synoptic gospels of Jesus's divinity. Mm. If Jesus was a God, why, how come nobody walking around, none of his apostles seem to realize that or knew that. And he never mentions it. Um, he thought the use of the old Testament uh, prophecies as harbingers of Christ was uh, sort of arbitrary and unjustified. Yeah, if you big. look at yeah. 
If you look at Paul's epistles, it's full of this. Paul's like, well, we know Jesus is true because it says so in the Old Testament. By the way, don't listen to the Old Testament anymore um, because we don't like the Jews. By the way, I am a Jew, but uh, I'm a heretic Jew. Right. So it's all good. Um, Julian wanted to know why God created Eve if he knew that she would thwart his plans for his own creation. Good point. If you're an all-knowing God, why did you create this woman if she was going to fuck shit up? Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, um, And he made a sophisticated plea for religious toleration in this book, saying, look, each culture needs to define its own supreme divinity in its own way. And we should, you know, we should just have this, accept everybody, any, you know, complete freedom of religion. But after he became the Augustus, Mm -hmm. he started a religious reformation trying to restore the traditional polytheism of Rome as as the official state religion, if, if you want to think of it as that. In fact... He tried to make it look in some ways like Christianity. Um, he didn't try to destroy Christianity, didn't, didn't go on a rampage, there wasn't persecutions, but he did drive them out of the governing classes mm. of the empire. Right. He restored the pagan temples. He repealed the tax advantages and the stipends that the Constantines had awarded to Christian bishops. So if there's a bunch of the f- poor people running around being Christians, he's okay with that because they won't have any influence. I'm guessing. Yeah, I guess so. And he's also going, well, why should the state be giving them money just because they're Christian bishops? That's not right. We're, yeah. we're not funding their lifestyle. Gotcha. On the 4th of February, 362, Julian issued an edict guaranteeing freedom of religion again. It proclaimed that all religions were equal before the law, that the Roman Empire was would return to its original religious eclecticism right. and wouldn't impose any particular religion on its provinces. So he's trying to turn back the clock, Julian. He's trying to make Rome great again <laughs> by making freedom of religion. If I can... I'd just be a little cynical for a second. I did read one thing that said, yeah, so he opens up the temples, he returns uh, exiles of certain Christian bishops, but just being a little cynical, saying that that was an attempt by him to foster schisms and divisions between the Christian sects, just knowing how, you know, how how they were as far as, if I can bring these people back, it's just a matter of time before they're each at at each other's throats. Again, that's probably a little too much over the top, but that is certainly what some people felt when he was bringing them back. Yeah, that's a pretty fucking cynical conclusion, isn't it? He's yeah. going to allow people who had done nothing wrong to come back from exile, and they're accusing him of doing that just because so he, he wants to shit. create... Yeah. Start some shit? Yeah, yeah. like that's... Yeah. Christian shit. Yeah. Yeah. I was just wondering. He also... Also issued an edict declaring that all public teachers had to be approved by himself Mm -hmm. and that Christian teachers weren't allowed to use pagan texts in their teaching. Things like the Iliad. He said, if they want to learn literature, they have Luke and Mark. Let them go back to their churches and expound on them. Now, apparently what what was happening here is... The Christians were using 
ancient Greek literature mm-hmm. in their teachings to try and present Christian religion as being superior to the pagan idea. So they'd, they'd go through the Iliad and go, look at how fucked up these gods are and these people are. Our oh. gods are much better than that. Um, but Julian had a problem. After several generations of pro-Christian emperors, the pagans were a little bit reluctant to just pick up where their ancestors had left off. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you think about what's going, what's changed here. So 313 to 362, nearly 50 years, the Christians have been increasingly becoming powerful. Mm-hmm. Pagan temples have been been destroyed. Pagans have been threatened. And he goes, oh, it's all right. Trust me, you can be a pagan now. It's all safe. <laughs> People are like, eh, yeah, I'm not so sure. That's a good yeah, idea. That piss off the yeah. guy. Yeah. I think I'll just wait and see what happens. I'm going right. to just hold off a little bit. And, <laughs> but thank you. Uh, again, yeah. He's like, no, no, it's good, good. Go back and worship <laughs> the want, gods. They're like, eh. I want you to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're a little bit they're a little bit cautious about just jumping back. And on top of that, they didn't have the funds that they used to have to hold big public sacrifices and mm. festivals because the Constantines had stolen all yeah. of their treasuries and given them to the Christians. And of course there was no single pagan religion. There were tons of them and they're all disorganized. Right. And so there wasn't one group that could just get up and running and hit it, focus. Right. Uh, Yeah, so Julian tries to reorganise pagan worship more in line with the Christian model where there's a a hierarchy, there's people at the top, there's administrators. He introduces new moral codes for pagan priests. Traditionally, there weren't any moral codes. A priest was just a member of the elite Right. That had the, the prestige and financial power to organize festivals and pay for them, right? You didn't have to be yeah. some holier than thou dude. Yeah, if I want to do that, but, I'd just be a fucking Christian. <laughs> but Julian attempts to tighten it up. He goes, oh, maybe, you know, we should have good moral pagan priests now, good people running things. Oh. Anyway. He tries to make paganism a religion where I think traditionally it had been more of just a tradition. He tries to reshape it to make it take some of the things about Christianity that made it powerful and effective mm-hmm. as a movement where you had sort of this top-down approach where people gave orders and everyone else followed them except when you had schisms. But it was it was more of a command and control uh, right. type of religion than your traditional polytheistic pagan traditions. But uh, it didn't really get very far. Um, he also tried to set up a system of charity resembling, resembling the Christian model. Mm. He wrote, These impious Galileans not only feed their own poor, but ours also welcoming them into their agape they attract them as children are attracted with cakes. Ah, lure them in. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Hey, poor person, come in and have a, some free food. By the way, have you have you seen heard this the miracle of? Yeah, have you heard the miracle <laughs> of our Lord and Savior? If you want to keep getting free food, yeah. just convert to Christianity. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it works. Yeah, and it's a tactic that Christians 
you know, apply to this very day in different third world countries. They, you know, particularly missionaries like Mormon missionaries, mm-hmm. they go out to third world countries where people haven't got an education and uh, there are still relatively high rates of illiteracy, so they can't actually read a book. And the Christians, you know, give them access to food. And I was, uh, <laughs> I was talking to a ex Mormon guy who went on a mission to a third world country a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me that there was this one guy in his uh, in his uh, mission mission, you know, the, the, right. the, the mission headquarters that was just converting kids like dozen at a time. He was gangbusters. The rest of them were struggling to convert one person. Wow. He was just converting him in twenty, thirty. But he was like a superstar. Right. And um, so this guy figured out that what the uh, what the superstar was doing was he was going to soccer games where young men were playing soccer. They were getting really hot and sweaty because it's in a temperate climate. And he was saying, hey, do you want to go for a swim afterwards? And they'd go, he goes, because i got a pool back at my church. And they'd go, yeah, great. So they'd go back and you know, Mormons baptised with full immersion. So he'd be dipping them in the pool <gasps> to cool off after the soccer game going, oh. uh, you're now baptised, you're now baptised, you're now baptised, you're now baptised. <laughs> you're now a and, Christian. And, you're a Christian. And clocking them up as as numbers. Oh, that's bullshit. And when the guy who was telling me the story found out about it, he went to the bishop of the mission and told him, "Hey, this, this guy's doing this is bullshit." And the bishop said, "Shut the fuck up. Keep yeah. your keep your mouth closed. We got good numbers, man. It's looking yeah. good." I said, <laughs> so, good, "I said good monthly reports to my boss, yeah. and that's all I care. Yeah. That's all I care about." Yeah. God. So keep your mouth shut if you know it's good for wept. you. <sighs> So um, getting back to Julian, the apostate, so he tried to create his own system of charity to, to take care of that. He also wanted to rebuild the Jewish temple in Jerusalem for the Jews. Amanius mm. Marcellinus, the historian, wrote about this. Julian thought to rebuild at an extravagant expense the proud temple once at Jerusalem and committed this task to Alypius of Antioch. Alypius set vigorously to work and was seconded by the governor of the province when fearful balls of fire breaking out near the foundations continued their attacks till the workmen, after repeated scorchings, could approach no more, and he gave up the attempt. (laughs) Sorry. So this is sort of ascribed in some sources to the Galilee earthquake of 363, could have also just been sabotaged by Christians. Right. Could have also been an accidental fire, but either way, Scud missiles. He didn't didn't get to rebuild the uh, temple. Oh my god! Just jumping in with some of his the bio of his life. Um, he has this big victory over the Alemanni, Alemanni the uh, German tribe. He has like 13,000 men, and this is in three, uh, 357. And he's, he's supposedly the German army is like three times the size of his army. But because he is um, whatever god, whatever pagan god is supporting him, he's able to have this great victory, keep the Germans in check. But again, you just wonder how much of it's true. He's going to go on and battle other people. Uh, he, the Persians are causing trouble again, but he's, he's going to have to go over there and teach them a lesson. But it is not going to go as well as he was hoping for. 
Yeah, um, unfortunately for the world, Julian's reign didn't last long. He died during this campaign in Persia. He was wounded with a spear Mm. that went through his liver and intestines and died of a hemorrhage a few days later. Tradition has it that his dying words were, you have won, Galilean. Oh, God. So he curses Jesus with his dying breath. I just want to say that Alexander had an arrow go through his lung. He fucking survived. This guy's a pansy. <laughs> In 364, Labanius claimed that Julian was assassinated by a Christian who was one of his own soldiers. Mm. Later, uh, Christian historians invented this tradition that Julian had actually been killed by the ghost of St. Mercurius, a Christian soldier who had a shining divine sword given to him by the archangel Michael and who had been beheaded by the emperor Decius in 250 CE. He came back and killed Julian for being an apostate. Anyway, Julian's reign lasted less than two years, and he was the last pagan emperor of Rome. He was succeeded by the even shorter-lived emperor Jovian, who only lasted eight months, who re-established Christianity as the privileged religion throughout the empire. So... All the stuff that we've been talking about for the last three episodes, the thing that Connie did uh, where he he pretty much shuts down certain arguments, it's got to be my way or the highway, and because there's no longer going to be any pagan Christians, that, when you put all that together, that is the reason why we have the particular version of Christianity that we do, because these guys fought over it, they made it legal, they were able to eventually push out the pagans, and so that brand put together by Connie and the few people that came after him is why we have the Christianity that we do. Not because it's right, not because it's accurate. It's just that because they had their version and they won. I could not go to my mother with that story and tell her that she would disown me. Actually, keep in mind that right through this period, it's the Aryans that are the ah, Christian emperors. Right. They didn't win. They did not. As right. we'll see in future in a future episode, uh, the Aryans get defeated out. by right. Theodosius, but that comes later. Yeah. Poor Jovian. So like his father before him, he had been the commander of Constantius II's imperial bodyguards, and somehow, we don't really know, when Julian died, he was accidentally made emperor. <laughs> Oops. Now, I don't know if that's ever happened to you, Ray. I mean, it's happened to me at least on two or three occasions that I can remember where I just get accidentally made emperor. (laughs) Can I demand? Yeah. Like Trump was accidentally made president of the United States. Oops. Oops. Yeah. Jovian Jovian was accidentally made emperor. Yeah. Jovianus, Julianus. Now, the one source I read said that some of the troops confused the name Jovianus and Julianus. That maybe he was getting over his um, his uh, wound uh, in the in the in the waist or in the side. And I think, why would you have to redeclare an emperor if he's not dead? So again, it just sounds like it was massive confusion. Nobody knew what was going on, but this one guy obviously got picked for it. He's like, yeah, yeah. I'll give it a go. Sure. How hard can it be? I mean, you know. 
It's like having your own, it's like having your own talk show. It's just a little, it's just writ large and practically the same thing. Yeah, it's like according to Amiana's Marcellinus, who mm-hmm. was sort of a contemporary of Jovianus. Uh, you know, they were the 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 some guy stood up in front of the troops, and he's just you know trying to. They'd gone through a couple of people who turned it down. Uh, and, <laughs> Give me a J. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. And he's just he's just looking. He's just looking around the room. He's like uh, Barry. No, no, it's Stan. No, 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 thanks. No, really, I don't want that gig. Stan the Great. Uh, I don't think so. He's he's Joviana. Jovianus. And the troops thought he said Julianus. And as you say, thought Julian had recovered, but why you would need to proclaim (laughs) Julian the second, who knows. Anyway, um, Jovianus lasted about eight months somehow, uh, miraculously. Obviously, uh, when he got the title, they were already kind of getting their ass handed to them by the Persians. (laughs) Right. he uh, was defeated by the Persians as well and it was rushing back to Constantinople to sort of uh, solidify his position because people in Constantinople were saying, Jovi who? What? <laughs> J-Dog? Who? I don't... I'm yeah, the emperor. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. You step up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, so he's rushing back to Constantinople to go, no, no, really, I, I can do this. Trust me, I, I, I've seen other people do it. Can't be that hard. It's not rocket science being emperor. Um, but unfortunately was found dead in his tent on his trip back to Constantinople. Um, some interesting theories uh, around how he died. One uh, in, in the ancient sources says that he died from eating too many mushrooms. Now, I didn't even know that was a thing, Ray, unless you're talking about the special kind of mushrooms. Ah, death by special mushrooms. Got it. All right. That's why I'm always careful. I always lay out a certain amount because I knew later I'm going to be high. Only lay a certain amount out and I only eat what's on the counter. (laughs) Did you know that you can die from eating too many mushrooms? Is that really a thing? I don't. Mm. I don't know. I was lying about the mushrooms. Just no, but the normal mushrooms they're, they're they're suggesting here, as far as I know. Like, uh, <laughs> I okay. mean, hey, I like mushrooms as much as the next person. Yeah, yeah. But I what can't imagine just going. Oh, I just, I need. I just give me another bowl, just another bowl of more. those mushrooms until you die. I mean, okay. how many mushrooms does it take to kill you? Let's work through this. Okay, let's say you've had fifty. You're bloated. You've undone your pants. You've unzipped them. You just you can't take it anymore. You're about to burst. And yeah, you just like you said, just just a couple more, and and I'll stop. I promise. But these are so good. Mm. And somewhere along the way, I guess the mushrooms won the battle of the bowels. I I don't know. Other sources say that he suffocated from the smoke of the fire place, the fire burning in his tent. Uh, carbon monoxide, monoxide poisoning. Yeah, that seems that seems real. I mean, there's there's no breeze. It's just hovering around mm. the charcoal. Uh, I mean, that seems more realistic. Others say he um, uh, accidentally suffocated when somebody held him down and put a pillow over his head. <laughs> uh, That'll do it, Big Chief style. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> Amianus doesn't say that he was murdered, but he says his death was suspicious and went strangely uninvestigated. Uh, one, of the, one of those moments in history that make you go, hmm. Yeah, just like he was a black man in Baltimore and white cops shot him. And, 17 oh, times, no. yeah. Yeah, and he was, he was carrying a toy gun. Right. Yeah, it's a, did you see that story recently? That's a thing. Uh, somewhere in the US, the, I can't remember where it was now, where one no. of the police chiefs was telling his cops to carry around a supply of toy guns in their car. Oh, fuck. Uh, in case they accidentally shoot someone, they can uh, drop a toy gun and go, oh, well, he pulled a gun. We didn't know it was a right. toy gun. Just make sure you turn off your camera vest first, because I've seen plenty of things with cops planting evidence, so... You, you got to yeah. think the whole thing through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, now, yeah. I read that Jovian, while he was in route, did do some things uh, to help Christianity. So, like, he was on his way to uh, Antioch, and obviously, as you said a minute ago, he's going to have to cede some major territory to the Persians. So, anyway, that that's all getting worked out on his, I'm going to call it, go ahead and call it a retreat on the way back to Antioch. But, um... He reestablishes Christianity as the state church. He gets rid of Julian's restoration of the Hellenistic polytheism. Uh, he re- he revokes uh, several edicts of Julian's against the Christians, and the Labarum of Constantine the Great, the Cairo, once again becomes the standard of the army. So even though he's in round, even though he's retreating, I don't know if this is important to him or if he's being pushed by priests who happen to be around, but he reasserts the Christianity uh, to be the dominant the official religion of the Roman Empire. Well, Ray, I mean, it's quite obvious that uh, he was favoured by Jesus, who was looking down upon him and protecting him up until the point when he ate too many mushrooms uh, and (laughs) suffocated from smoke. (laughs) Fell asleep next to the fire. Yeah, don't ever do that. He got a a vision from the Lord saying... Put my labarum back on your standards and you will reign for seven, maybe eight months. Uh, then then, then I'm going to let them assassinate you. But, right. man, for that seven or eight months, look, let's be honest, you never thought you were going to be emperor. This yeah. is seven or eight months of being emperor that uh, is a gift from me, the Lord. But I'm only 32. <laughs> I could have lived another 60 years. Well, yes, but you wouldn't have been emperor. And come on, you yeah. wouldn't be remember. No one would have ever fucking heard of you 2,000 years from now. 2,000 years, you know, Ray and Cam are going to spend at least six minutes talking about you. <laughs> Wasn't uh, it worth it? Yeah, no one else will ever have heard of you unless they're a complete nerd for, you know, late 4th century uh, short-lived emperors. This is the most... Most history books will mention you. You'll get two lines at best. Uh, Maybe in Wikipedia you might get a paragraph. But Ray and Campbell spend six, maybe seven minutes talking about you, even though half of that will just be them fucking around (laughs) telling bad jokes. Yeah, still, that's... Isn't that worth an early death, Jovianus, really? Yeah. Just shut the fuck up and put the Cairo back on the standard. There you go. Unless someone does a show called Where Are They Now? You know, Roman Emperors. Uh, But yes, but he does does make it official. And like you said, he was on his way back to Constantinople to cement his power. February 17th, 364, in or near Bithynia, he kicks the bucket Oh my God! So, what, but the good news is the good news is he does get he does get buried in the Church of the Holy Apostles in Constantinople. So he does make it to Constantinople. It's just that he goes in feet first. 
And before that, um, apart from making Christianity the official state religion and uh, 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 undoing uh, some of uh, Julian's, uh, you know, rolled back. You know, Julian said, no, fuck the Christians. They can't. <laughs> Teaching, they can't. He rolled that back. He he initially issued an edict of toleration saying, uh, okay, I'm going to undo the the sort of restrictions on Christianity, but I'm going to continue to allow pagans to worship the old gods. But not long later, he ordered the burning of the library of Antioch, according to Ammianus, at the urging of his wife. Burned the temple with all the books in it, with his concubines laughing and setting the fire. Now, for now a start, that's a party. That's a party. How do you yeah. be? How do you be? How do you be a good Christian and have concubines? It's my first question. I didn't know that was allowed. Right. Fuck! If somebody told me that was allowed, uh, I'd be a Christian <laughs> now. If they said, "Listen, here's the deal: you got to become a Christian, but right. but you get to have concubines." Your wife can't do shit about it because the Lord is ordained. Be like, hey, whoa, hey, <laughs> I got get God me. on my side. Yeah, blessed be the Lord, man. I'm, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> See, here, here's how we work it out in the country. We have a mass at nine o'clock. I go with my wife, and my bitches go to the ten o'clock mass. So we don't meet. We don't mingle. There's none of that awkward stuff after mass where you're all having you know little cookies and, and juice. It's no awkwardness. You just they come mm. to a separate mass. It's, you mm. go out the mm. back door. You head home. They walk in the front. All worked out. So I think that's again, how. President yeah. Trump does it. Like he goes to mass with Melania at nine. At ten, oh, he's there with Stormy Daniels, <laughs> or Dormy Daniels, as you called her the other day. But, his, but he's thinking Stan- about his. He's thinking about his daughter the entire time. He's thinking, uh, 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 the entire time, both times, he's thinking about his daughter, who is Ivanka. I, yeah. I found out post Ivanka, our last show, not hey, Ivana. Yeah, there was one other thing he did besides roll back Julian. Good for him because Julian's going to be the last non-Christian emperor. Wait, he, wait, wait, he, wait. Before you go on, I wanted to. Say, I hadn't finished talking yeah. about the Library oh, of sorry. Antioch, which I hadn't heard much about. I didn't know much about the Library of Antioch, no. but I learned that it was built by the sixth ruler of the Seleucid Empire. We know all about the Seleucid Empire. We did that on the mm-hmm. Augustus show. Seleucus, one of the successors of Alexandra, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Um, the sixth ruler of the Seleucid Empire was Antiochus the Third, the Great. Because you can't have enough titles. I'm not sure what else he did to uh, be called the Great, but he built around 221 BCE in ancient Syria, the heart of the Seleucid Empire. It was considered a rival to the Great Library of Alexandria. Not anymore. Uh, but uh, and and it had lasted so you know Jovianus is what are we talking about three what do we say three sixty. Four, through 64, 365. Wait. So this library had been around for 500 and something years, 550-odd years, right. uh, burned with all of the books in it by Jovianus as his way of saying, yeah, Christianity is back, bitches. Look at this. We can burn some books. No, no prisoners. Woo! No prisoners. That's right. And, but he thought so little of the library. He actually had his concubines setting the fire and dancing around laughing. So that's how, that's how you slap a, another library down. You have your bitches burn it. I mean, wow. What, what a message. I bet Stan and Barry came up with that one. Now, sorry, I, I, I interrupted when you were trying to move on to something. What did you want to say? 
Um, oh, yeah, th- this part. I don't know if you ran across this. And this is going to come up a c- several times, um, so I was just confused by it. So not only rolling back Julian's stuff, but he said, but he, uh, said that anybody who exercises magical rights will be punished. So obviously Hogwarts stays closed as the school pissing off all the people with wands and pointy hats. But the whole thing about banning magic is going to come up several times by several of these emperors. emperors. And I'm just trying to figure out what's the difference between magic and paganism. But it doesn't matter because Christianity is going to win out in the end. What's the difference between magic and Christianity? Oh, you that was, that you, was you say a magic for. incantation, please, Lord, blah 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 blah, and he's going to heal you or do shit. That's yeah. fucking magic, as far as I'm concerned. As far as I'm concerned, the Eucharist is uh, uh, where you eat another human being. What is that? Cannibalism. 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 So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, so yeah. there's no Hogwarts in this in this particular line of history because magic is 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 still being punished severely. Mm. There's good magic and black magic, I think, is what they're saying here. Christianity magic is good magic. White magic. Uh, Yeah, white magic. uh, (laughs) And the other stuff is black magic. Anyway, Jovian was uh, getting back to the library of uh, Antioch because I hadn't uh, quite finished that. Apparently, um, the the theory on why he burnt it down was that uh, he wanted to curry favor with the Antiochans apparently. Um, and uh, I don't know how burning down their library was going to make them happy. Thank um, you. And it didn't, not only did he piss off the pagans, but he pissed off the Christians as well um, because they thought it was barbaric, some some of them at least, in terms of burning down one of the great libraries uh, yeah. of the world. Um uh there was uh works apparently george which is an unlikely name um <laughs> is my dad's name uh there was george the arian bishop of alexandria had a massive library of i guess arian writings oh. uh he was murdered by an alexandrian pagan mob in 361 and uh julian procured his library, George's library. It also had many classical texts in it as well as Aryan texts. He added them to the Library of Antioch and that might have been one of the reasons why right. Jovian thought it was a good idea to burn it down because it had uh, pagan, well, you know, Aryan literature in there and he was a uh, uh, Nicene, I think. He was a Trinitarian. Mm-hmm. Anyway, after him, uh, we have Valentinian, who had a little bit of a better run. Um, he lasted eight and a half months. No, he lasted Woo! more than that. Woo! Now, his yeah. his yeah. rise to power was also unusual. Did you read about Valentinian's uh, rise, Ray? I just read that he and his brothers were the son of Gratanius Major, a prominent commander during the reigns of Emperor Constantine I. And Constant, so again, here's another person whose daddy is in the army high up, and he's, he's well situated in case there's a bit of chaos. But that was as far as I got with him. Well, he had actually, he had been a disgraced commander under oh, Julian snap. and had actually been kicked out of the army. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, um, there was there was a campaign going on in Gaul against the Alamanni. 
um, Julian and another guy were sent down there basically to block their path, stop them getting through. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, there was something really good on the telly that night, <laughs> and the Alamani got past him, right. inflicted heavy losses on a Roman legion. And so, Julian, yeah, so Julian had uh, Valentinian basically disgraced and kicked out of the army. But somehow, after Julian's death and Jovian's death, he becomes emperor. They're like, yeah. like, okay, all right. Well, Jovian didn't really work out. We thought we were scraping the bottom of the barrel with him. Uh, who else can we out- uh, scrape off the bottom of the barrel? What's underneath the barrel? Let's, let's say, try that. If you lift up the barrel, <laughs> turn and flip it over. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> see who's on the other side of the barrel. And you get let's- a scraper. A scraper. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what I often think. What what comes after Donald Trump? Like, <laughs> like seriously, like, uh, you know, uh, where do you go from here? I mean, yeah. my guess is Alex Jones, uh, crazy <laughs> conspiracy theorist, or The Rock, maybe, or yeah. um, maybe you. I think that's that's Aww, that's the, the order it goes. You. <laughs> you, you know the, the trick. The trick is to be the lowest one on the bad list, work your way up to the first one on the bad list, and then the lowest one on the good list. So that's a start for me. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. So somehow Valentinian becomes emperor. He almost immediately he appoints his brother Valens yeah, to be his. To be his co Augustus. He goes, Me? I, are you kidding me? I, I just got kicked out of the army for being useless a couple <laughs> of years ago. All right, well, fuck it. Um, I better, you know, my my, my dumb brother, Valens. <laughs> Maybe well, between the two of us, we have yeah. half a brain each. Between the two of us, we've got a full brain and uh, we might be able to get this <laughs> shit done. And we've also got a full set of teeth if you add the two of us boom. together, too. Oh, he's doing a lot better than a lot of families around here. Um, <laughs> is it a favor to Valens to make him emperor? of the Eastern Empire. They've just lost major sections of their empire to the Persians. I know that they had to stay out of, um, they had to stay out of, they couldn't influence Armenia anymore. So basically the East has been bitch slapped by the Persians. And now this guy who does not have the experience takes it on. I mean, I would not be saying thank you. It'd be more like, thank you? You know, but, <laughs> but his brother, his brother takes it on because Valentinius is off to the West because he's got to deal with those fucking Germans, the Alemanni, and some other ones, but they're, but they're going to cause him a lot of headaches. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted to get his revenge against the Alemanni, and he does. In it takes him, takes him a takes, couple of goes. Yeah. He gets, he goes, I'm back, bitches. Now I've got the entire Roman army. Now you're going to show you who's boss. Oh, sh- fuck, I didn't expect that. Oh, shit. Okay. Hold on. We'll be back. So let me... Yeah, go ahead. No. Sorry, I apologize. Uh, so, yeah, just to interject um, some Christianity, uh, he does give religious freedom to all of his subjects. He only punishes some sorts of sacrifice. Again, no fucking magic, if you please. No wands or pointy hats. Um, and he's not too happy about the growing riches of the church. But again, he does give everyone freedom, allows them to do what you what they want. But again, like you were saying, he is focused on the, on the Alemanni. So in 365, the Alemanni cross the Rhine and they invade Gaul. Roughly at that same time, Procopius, Julian's cousin, uh, invades the Eastern uh, Empire against his brother Valens. So they've got two 
crises going on at the same time. Constantinus is about to take his troops, march to the east and help his brother, but the major Gallic cities beg him to stay there and protect them, so as he does, but he does, and you were saying this earlier, he does send two generals against the Germans. They both get their ass kicked and they're killed, but like building a castle on a swamp where it falls over and sinks in, you do it again. He sends another general in 366 who comes in second. That's not bad, but the Germans come in first. Eventually, they're going to come out with a truce. I don't want to, you know, we don't have to do this too much, but the point is he comes up with a truce. He's not able to wipe them out, but the point is the Germans are still around. They've gone toe-to-toe a couple times, and the Romans have not been able to wipe them out. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Kick out! I didn't mean to do kick out. And so once that gets declared by, once that gets taken care of by truce, then there's other trouble in the upper Danube, which we should probably go into. But for right now, the Germans are still around, and they can hang with the Romans in the fight. One day, lad, all this will be yours. What the curtains? No, not the curtains, lad. All that you can see stretched out over the hills and valleys of this land. That'll be your kingdom, lad. Mother. Father, lad, father. But father, I don't want any of that. Listen, lad. I built this kingdom up from nothing. When I started here, all I was was swamp. Well, the king said I was daft to build a castle on the swamp. But I built it all the same, just to show them. They sank into the swamp. So, I built a second one. That sank into the swamp. So I built a third one. That burned down, fell over, then sank into the swamp. But the fourth one... Stayed up. And that's what you're going to get, lad. The strongest castle in these eyes. But I don't want any of that. I'd rather... Rather what? I'd rather just... Stop that, stop that. You're not going into a song while I'm here. No, listen, lad. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. No singing, just fighting the Germans, yeah. God, he wouldn't like this show. What? Stop no. that. No songs, no <laughs> clips. Well, I'm here. Um, also, during Valentinian's um, reign, there were problems to deal with in Britain. So he sent a young lad called Theodosius over to handle those. Right. And uh, Theodosius did all right. He yeah. uh, did okay for himself, young Theodosius, and we'll hear about more of him a little bit later. So um, Valentinian survived nearly 12 years in the role, which is not too bad for a guy yeah. who they had to turn over the barrel to find. Just goes to show you that, <laughs> you know, with a little bit of uh, good luck and persistence and yeah. an army on your side, uh, you know, you, you can achieve yeah. your dreams. A lot of things are possible. <clears throat> he died. I've got two great stories about Valentinian. All right. The, the way he died. Uh, did you read about the way he died? Yes, I did, which is helping me deal with my stress. (laughs) Some German envoys came to see him. They go, look, yeah, we we crossed the the Rhine, but we want to stay here. And he started yelling at them so hard that he basically burst a blood vessel in his brain and died. (laughs) The histories say, yeah, Valentini, not a bad bloke. Bit of a temper, though. Bit of a temper he had, <laughs> and uh, that's the classic example. He yelled so hard, yeah. he died. I basically like to think of Chris Farley when I imagine him <laughs> going, I live in a van <laughs> down <laughs> by the river, and he just burst a blood vessel. My second, my actually my favourite, favourite story about Valentinian right. is uh, the threesome situation. 
Did you get into that? Uh, I've tried to get into several three. Oh, you meant the story. Um, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. So this, 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 this is a message in here for all of us, I think. So <laughs> he was a Christian, of course, good Christian. Right. Um, he was a Nicene uh, creed believer, a Trinitarian. Um, kept up the policy of toleration for the pagans to a relatively, you know, moderate degree. Didn't go into full fucking, you know, thermonuclear war against the pagans. Right. Best story about him, though, is the rumour that he was a polygamist. So according to Socrates Scholasticus, who was a Christian historian, he wrote the uh, Historia Ecclesiastica. He says uh, the Empress Justina, who was uh, the wife of the, or the widow of the usurper Magnentius, we mm-hmm. mentioned earlier that uh, he assassinated Constans for liking right. to ha- have hot, sweet butt sex with barbarian men. As you well, do. Apparently, Ju- Justina was married to Magnentius, but she was so young when he married her uh, that uh, she was a virgin by the time he was killed by right. Constantius, um, I think it was. Um so anyway, yeah, according to Socrates Scholasticus, the Empress Justina became known to Marina Severa, wife of the Emperor Valentinian, and had frequent dialogue with the Empress um, until their intimacy at length grew to such an extent that they were accustomed to bathe together. <laughs> why don't we, Cam, why don't we finish this conversation in the bathtub? Yeah, I think I'm finishing it. I'm finishing it right now. Good thing this isn't on YouTube, man. That's why we don't do video podcasts. So the Empress Justina and the wife of the Emperor Valentinian, Marina Severa, uh, you know, like to bathe together. When Severa saw Justina in the bath, she was greatly struck with the beauty of the Virgin and spoke of her to the Emperor saying that the daughter of Justice was so lovely a creature and possessed of such symmetry of form that she herself, though a woman, was altogether charmed with her. I.e., I'd like to hit that. Yeah, or I.e., I am hitting that, and I just thought you should know. (laughs) Yeah, licking that. Don't you know? (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, two's good, but three's better. The Emperor... I'm sorry, well, I, have to, I, have to, I have to interrupt. Yeah, I'm well, sorry. Yeah, so what you're yeah, telling yeah. me is there's someone who is so hot, the wife is going, look, technically, if you really want to get Christy about it, I am cheating on you, but she's so fucking hot, I don't care. I'm telling you, and mm. I'm kind of bragging and inviting you in as well. Yeah. Look, if I'm going to hell, I say let's <laughs> all go to hell. <laughs> We're going to go to hell for this, in but tub, it's going to be good. It's so go good. Hell. If we all go to hell together, the three of us, we can keep going That's even right. after we, we're Eternity. in hell. I love this. Uh, the the uh, <laughs> Socrates writes, the emperor treasuring this description by his wife in his own mind. Stroked himself. Considered with himself how he could espouse Justina without repudiating Severa. As oh. she had borne him Gratian, whom he had created Augustus a little while before. Mm-hmm. Now, treasuring this description by his wife in his own mind. That's, that's uh, that is the best euphemism for <laughs> jerking off, thinking about your wife banging a hot chick that I have ever heard. Next time Chrissy catches me watching lesbian porn, 
I'm going to go. No, 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 no. I'm not watching. I'm not jerking off watching lesbian porn. I am treasuring this description in my own mind. And I'm picturing you with them. And that's what's getting me off. Not these two ladies. No, 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 no. He accordingly framed a law and caused it to be published throughout all the cities by which any man was permitted to have two lawful wives. <laughs> the law was promulgated and he married Justina, by whom he had Valentinian the Younger. Mm. So Joseph Smith, 1,500 years later, heard about this and went, oh, see, this is all right in the eyes of the Lord because Valentinian did it. God would have wanted it thus. Now, of course, at the time, Christianity didn't only not accept bigamy, they, it didn't allow for divorce. Yeah. So he couldn't divorce Severa, but he couldn't be married twice. But he changed the law and just said, fucking deal with it. And, and, and it was like, <laughs> we did this story. Was, I can't remember the name of the uh, artist. Remember there was this sculptor in Athens, the guy who sculpted the first... No, the guy, he sculpted the first naked statue of uh, Athena, I think. And um, his model was this hot, hot, hot uh, courtesan who was mm-hmm. famous for exposing her breasts all over the place. And she was up on trial for public indecency. And her defense attorney got her up in the witness box and said, all right, uh, gentlemen of the jury, uh, you have heard that it is wrong for, for my client here to expose her breasts. Let, let, I, I think we need to see the breasts. I think you need to see these titties. <laughs> and he got to do flop her titties out in the uh, courtroom. Exhibit A and, and B. <laughs> And D, because they're both double D cups. Exhibits double A, B, and double D, gentlemen. And the, and the jury went, oh, 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 fair enough then. Yeah, acquitted. Not guilty. I have to no, go now. Yeah. Where's my with wife? Her. With her. I have Where's to go with her. Yeah. Um, so it's the, same, it's the same deal. I think, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the Christians were outraged with Valentinian marrying. And he goes, wait, 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 wait. Have you seen the Empress Justina? <laughs> no? Don't judge me. Okay, then. Like, come, 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 come here. Look behind this curtain. <laughs> right. Okay, now now you understand. Oh, now yeah. Oh, yeah, you had a revelation from the Lord yourself, did you? Yeah, okay. Well, keep it under your toga. The, the um, penis wants what the penis wants. Now... Uh, I have to say that, that yeah. most scholars think this story is bullshit. It's only reported in Socrates Scholasticus. Um, yeah, but we would have heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> we did. I just told you about well, it. That well, we did hear about one, it. One writer. I mean, an emperor says you can now have two wives. Yes. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you think that would have caught on at some point. <laughs> Everyone else went, oh, no, 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 uh, your highness. No, we don't want that. No, two, no. Yeah, two women getting it on in bed with us. No, hot MFF no. threesomes. No. No, I don't no. want to be happy. I want to go to heaven. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so he's dead anyway from yelling. I mean, come on. If you're going to die, he should yeah. have died. In between two women. Yeah, mate, no. that's how that's how he really blew a brain cell, man. <sighs> yeah, yeah, he busted such a big nut and watching these two going out of 69ing that he <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's how he really to wrap up the show. Honey. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> is that is that what you call your pig now? Um 
Maybe. His brother Valens only lasted a few more years. Now, interestingly, I said Valentinian was Nicene. Valens was an Arian. Ah. Um, and uh, that must have caused uh, some interesting, uh, <laughs> you know, dinner time discussions. Um, now, Valens is important in this whole story, uh, unfortunately not for threesomes. Um, he infamously was the uh, Augustus that did a deal with the Visigoths. Mm-hmm. Long story short, a um, bunch of Visigoths turn up. Uh, they've they've get to the shore of the Danube, hundreds right. of thousands of them, and they say, uh, "Can we come over? Look, we're being oppressed. Help! Right. Help! I'm being oppressed <laughs> by the Huns, no less." Yeah, and uh, Valence is like, "Ah, oh, look, four of you can come over. <laughs> four of you. Which That's it. That's it." And they're like. Oh, he says it's all right. We can all come over. He gone, but he goes, wait. No, he's at four. No, it's all right. It's all right. Like, you know, what's he? Chain migration. It's my cousin. He said it was was like a network marketing thing. He said, like, so the four crossed over and they said, look, to the best one, look, I'm sure you can come over. Like, what's one more? One more's not. He's not going to notice one more. We're just going to hide in the wilderness. There's four of us. What's five? What's six? He's not going to notice. And then those two invited another two who invited another two. And before you know it, there were 200,000 of them who had crossed the Danube. Um, And then there was was a famine because 200,000 people just crossed the fucking river that they weren't used to feeding. And they said, give us some grain. And the Roman generals went, fuck off. Get back across the Danube. I'm going to hit you with my stick. And, uh, yeah, and they so they were abused by the Roman generals. Turns out not a good idea to abuse yeah. a bunch of hungry Visigoths. Right. Um, that's one of the things that I always teach my kids. Uh, never. Yeah. Always tell the truth, unless it's going to get you into trouble, and never hit Visigoth, hungry Visigoths with a stick and, and never feed um, those little furry animals after midnight or get them wet, whatever those fucking things are called. The gremlins. Yeah, so that was in 377. Yes, right. So in 378, yeah, the battle. They're not of called, I- technically not called a gremlin until they get wet or you feed them after midnight, I think. Oh, I, I, I'm going to take your word for it. I don't know. So the battle of Adrianople is in 378 when uh, Valence is going to handle his business. However, Mogwai. Yeah, it's a Mogwai. You never Mogwai. feed a Mogwai. Oh Come on. Okay, Come on. So, all right. Come I, on. I, get I, your, I get your right. 80s film lore. <laughs> Straight. Hey, if you want to go toe-to-toe on 80s porn stars, my friend. Anyway, <laughs> let's stick to the topic at hand. So um, so Valens decides that he's so freaking awesome uh, that he does not wait for reinforcements from Gratian, Gratian, his nephew and co-emperor. And again, just like the other generals fighting the Alemanni, um, um, Valens comes in second place in this battle. Well... Yeah, apparently Gratian had had a victory somewhere else. He's just a fucking kid. He'd had a yeah. victory and Theodosius was having victories and Valens was like, Well, oh, fuck, I need my own victory or no easy. one's gonna take me no one's gonna take me seriously. Yeah. I can handle these guys. How hard can it be? It turns out it was just hard enough. Not only was he killed, his body was never recovered, but most importantly for the Roman Empire, even though the Romans technically won, they lost so many troops that they are going to be weakened for quite some time, and that is going to factor in uh, 
the the power of the future Roman Empire. And so this is uh, important, you know, we in terms of walking through the Dark Ages and, and, and explaining the Dark Ages, um, as I said, I think, in our very first episode of the series, yes, some of the blame, I believe, lays on Christianity, the rise of Christianity, and, and this particular idea of... Uh, heretical thought that the Christians had at this juncture where you weren't allowed to think about, you weren't allowed to question, you weren't allowed to think outside the lines. Mm -hmm. Anyone who did was punished. They wanted to crush, uh, as we'll see, particularly when we get to Theodosius, they wanted to crush all errant thought in their view. But a lot of it also has to do with the Dark Ages. Now, um, whether or not, oh, sorry, fuck, let me say that. (laughs) Duh. A lot of it has to do with the fall of Rome and the contribution of the the, the Visigoths and the, the other Germanic tribes when they came in, um, and, and how that basically splintered the sort of classic Rome that had mostly survived up until this point in terms of uh, just the the, the economic uh, and and uh, uh, the infrastructure of Rome, which had mm-hmm. enabled things like, I don't know, economic stability and, 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 and uh, trade and, and education to a large part. Yeah. Um, all of these things disintegrated. So, but, then the, but, but in my mind, you have to ask, well, would the Visigoths have been able to cross the Danube if it wasn't for Valens? And would Valens have been... Uh, an emperor if it wasn't for the way the Christians had managed to infiltrate the mm. upper echelons of the empire over the last, uh, in the intervening, whatever it was, 50, 60 years since mm-hmm. uh, Constantine. Um, obviously, he and his brother Valentinian weren't the, weren't the pick of the bunch, man. Right. They, 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 right. Valentinian, you know, was disgraced, kicked out, uh, his brother Valens, um, well, we we don't know a huge amount a huge amount about him except mm-hmm. he did this deal with the Visigoths, um, and then you know sort of but I can handle it and got his ass handed to him. Anywho, uh, the Visigoths sort of joined forces eventually with the Ostrogoths and eventually even the Huns and the Alans who were Iranian uh, Christians. But yes, other thing that's important here: most of these Goths were Christians when they came in. Right. Um, they ended up defeating Valens, and they were Aryans, and he's an Aryan. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Fucking Christian on Christian violence, or Aryan on Aryan violence here. They ended up defeating Valens at the Battle of Adrianople, which is in uh, modern Turkey, near the border of Greece and Bulgaria, um, in 378. It was Thracia back then, but 378. Now, mm-hmm. the numbers are unclear, but some sources suggest that the Romans had 30,000 men and the Goths had 100,000 men on the battlefield. Damn. Um, and as you said, Valens was killed. We're not sure how, but there's some interesting stories in the sources. Some say he was injured by an arrow or a dart and was taken to a cottage, which was then set fire to. Oh, God. Uh, 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 some sources say that... Uh, the, the the Goths didn't the Goths set fire to it. They didn't mean to burn it, uh, uh, Valens down, but, right, they didn't uh, know. but yeah, they didn't know. But by the time people said, "Hey, no, wait, 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 wait," Valens is an Aryan, an Aryan. They were like, yeah, "It's too fucking late do now." Smell, I set fire to it. Do you smell yeah. uh, Emperor burning? Oh shit! 
Shit. <laughs> Mother so learned the smell of burning emperor in the morning. Love the smell of burning emperor in the morning. So it was a huge defeat. I mean, so much for, for Valens and the Labarum and the Cairo, meaning Jesus would assure the Christian armies of victory. I guess he did. It was just the German Christians, not the oh, Roman Christians that right. he uh, supported here. The, the Germans said, my, my Jesus can beat up your Jesus. And he said, oh, yeah, prove it. And they yeah. did. Yeah. So this was a huge defeat for the Romans, both in terms of numbers lost as well as the optics of the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, it's estimated that two-thirds of the Roman army uh, was lost. And you still got uh, the Roman Persians ar- over there causing trouble too. Yeah. Yeah. Roman army in the east was lost. Right. Um, now, including many generals and the loss of their entire arms factories on the Danube, uh, and it, it was basically a turning point, not just in military history, but in the history of Western civilization. But in, from, in terms of military history, you had this heavy cavalry of the Goths mm-hmm. basically just crushing the Roman infantry. Uh, and that was the turning point. Basically, basically, you know, infantry, as it had been, was proven to be ineffective against a heavy cavalry. And this pretty much leads to the age of the, the medieval knights. Gotcha. So someone finally found something that can handle the Roman legions who, like a bosaw, went through countries for hundreds, if not over a thousand years. Yeah, and they were kicking themselves off. They're like, just fucking send lots of big heavy horses and guys in armor yeah. at them. Why didn't we come up with that hundreds of years ago? Oh, we're so stupid. Pop- Probably because Alexander and his men came up with how to deal with elephants, so they were thinking, well, if elephants, mm. charging elephants won't work, heavy horse mm. won't work, but mm. obviously that wasn't the case. Now, of course, this relatively quickly led to the sack of Rome and uh, all of the stuff that comes after it, but we'll cover that in good stead. So with Valens dead, Gratian, the mm-hmm. uh, son of Valentinian's first hot wife, Um, becomes the sole Augustus, although he has an infant half-brother, Valentinian II, from his father's second hot wife. That's not doing me any good. Who is uh, also declared Augustus by the army. He's like two years old or something. And Gratian goes, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. (laughs) You can can call him Augustus, give him some of the territory, but uh, we all know who's really boss. I'm 19. I'm yeah. the big man <gasps> of this situation here. Right. He's 19, becomes Sol Augustus. Damn. That's not um, so, Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, so he, he's, now, he's now the guy. He takes the fight to a part of the Alemanni in May 378, the Battle of Argo Argentovaria. Uh, he defeats the southernmost Alemanni. Um, then he's able to get the Germans to at least have another truce, and they do have to give him some men for the Roman army. They take the younger men, put them in the Roman legions, the older Germans, they get to stay. But again, it's not like the Germans have been wiped out. This is just a Band-Aid on a much bigger problem. But for right now, at least it's handled. Yeah, but he needs help to do that. So within a year of him becoming the sole Augustus, he promotes Theodosius, Mm. On the 19th of January, 379, to govern the eastern portion of the empire. 
And again, sort of for reasons unknown, because Theodosius was a bit of a nobody. Right. He, uh, you know, he'd been sent to Britain earlier and had had some success there, but really, who the fuck was he? Nobody <laughs> knew. Again, his name was on the bottom of the barrel. He was born in Hispania. <laughs> right. His father had been a successful general there. So um, I think there might have been some assumption, oh, well, well, you know, the Goths are... Uh, taking over Hispania. He's from Hispania. They, they, they went through a list. Who do we have who's got some experience and is from Hispania, knows it well? This guy, all right, let's put him in charge. Um, so, yeah, he was really in charge of fighting against the Goths over there. Um, had some success for a few years, but then things started to turn against him. Eventually, Gratian sent in some forces, and that's when they ended up making some sort of a, a, a limited truce with the Goths in 382. It's not going to last long, as you said, but uh, for now, it's the best that they can do. And again, it's bad optics here. The mighty, mighty, mighty Romans yeah. uh, can't defeat the Goths. The best that they can do is agree to peace and, and let, let them have Spain, basically. All right, big chunk of Gaul. Right. Transalpine Gaul. All right, fucking just just have it then. Just sh- fucking shut up. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> take it. Just, shut up. Just take yeah. it. Shut up. Just don't tell anyone. Um, and yeah. you and promise like uh, like the Americans are going to promise the Indians. Uh, that's it. You're not going to want yeah, any no more. more territory. No more. Oh, the gods are like, <laughs> oh, that's no. Oh, look, thank you very much. No, look, we really. I should do yeah. this in German. Thank you very much. No, we is liking. We is liking this Hispania is very good. That's uh, good. We, that's good. We don't do that's boot. We will we just we will not want any more land from you ever. I promise it is all good. Uh, this is we're very happy here. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's fucking uh, Andy Kaufman. Thank you very. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. But the good news for all you Christians out there, for the first time, because um, so Gratian is not, a, as far as I can tell, he's not a deep thinker. He's pretty much a pawn of a general and a bishop, St. Ambrose of Milan. So the point is, these guys are making a lot of decisions for him. But as far as Christianity goes, once they're able to calm down the Germans, the Nicene version of Christianity, for the first time, becomes dominant throughout all of the empire. And with that done... Gratian is going to turn to partying like it's 1999. But for right now, the Nicenes are definitely winning. This is the the religion throughout the entire, you know, both halves of the empire. Yeah, he's a Nicene like his father. Um, He publishes an edict that all subjects should profess the faith of the bishops of Rome and Alexandria, which even though uh, Arianism came started in Alexandria at this stage, as we know, Arian is dead. And he's a he's appointed a Nicene bishop. So basically, uh, he's saying he's 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 issuing an order mm-hmm. that all people in the empire need to be not only Christians but right. Nicene Christians, Trinitarian Christians. Wow. Now, the, I, I think you know, modern Christians don't understand this. They go, well, you know, we've always believed in the Trinity. No, no, no. Christians didn't believe in, all didn't believe in the Trinity until the emperor ordered them to on yeah. pain After of... Wipe, wiping out the other guys, yeah. Yeah, well, I didn't kill them all, but he just, it right. was on pain of, 
you know, punishment. I'm not sure if it was death or imprisonment or torture or the rack, what it was, but basically you, you have to believe this. It wasn't a matter of choice that Christians all over started believing that the Trinity made sense, the, the, the <laughs> God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are the same oh, thing. What? How does that make all, any sense? Shut yeah. up. Shut up. It just does. Shut up. That was... And, that the, was, and the shut up was an official order from the emperor. It wasn't just a casual yeah. shut up. Yeah. yeah. Thou, thou shalleth, shutteth the uppeth, <laughs> is how it was written in the thing. So this is the beginning of the end of Arianism, at least right. in the Eastern Empire, as we'll see later... The Goths uh, were Aryans for another couple of hundred years. They didn't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> Who's going to tell them in, what to do? Yeah. Yeah. In terms of the Eastern Empire, it's they're, they're now nonsense. Gratian also published edicts basically banning the pagan religion again. So Julian established toleration. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Constant. Uh, no, who came after him? Jovian. Mm-hmm. Kept it up a little bit, except for a little bit of Bernie Bernie shit. Um, <laughs> Just a Valent, Valentinian and, and Valens kept up the toleration, but now Gradian's like, nah, fuck this God. shit. Um, we're banning everything except Nicene Christianity. He had pagan temples and treasuries confiscated, handed over to the Christians. And let me let me take it even one level worse than that. For those of you who have listened to us all the way back to Julius Caesar, this is where you're going to tear up. And it's okay because I did too. In 382, Gratian took money from the pagan priests and the Vestal Virgins. They could not bequeath land anymore, and they had other privileges stripped as well. He also confiscated the possessions of the, like you were saying, the College of the Pagan Priests. They lost their privileges. All the temples and the shrines were turned over to the government. They lost their revenue. It all went to the royal treasury. And I can see all that. I can get behind all that. But why pick on the Vestal Virgins? Because they're a part of the old ways where they're virginity supposedly is supposed to be, I guess, a gift to the gods or appease the gods. I can't remember all the details. But these but these women who were sacrificing so much by not taking hot baths with other hot women, it means no it means no more. It is all well, being stripped away. And that's just I so think, sad to me. I think technically speaking, tribbing yeah. does not take away your virginity. No, it doesn't. Hot scissoring action, Vestal Virgin on Vestal Virgin. I think you can technically still be a virgin. Okay. Yeah, right. At least that's okay. what the nuns taught me when but I was in Sunday but school. But they weren't getting credit for it with the gods, is my point. They've all been shellacked, or whatever the proper word is, by, by the official, by the emperor. So that so the pagan priests, the college of pagan priests, the crossroads, the Vestal Virgins, it is all being wiped away by this guy, or really in the form of Bishop Ambrose, who was doing all the work, and Gretion is just partying, doesn't really give a shit about what's going on. He's having a good time, because he's still young, but, but it is being done in his name. Yeah, he's like, I'm emperor, bitches, I'm 19, I'm partying all the time. I'm hard all the time, what are you going to do about yeah. it? Well, that's what he... Bring me all those Vestal Virgins. I'm shutting down the Vesta, but bring me the Virgins. I'll I'll take care of them. And Cam, I'm going to let you tell them about the big one that pisses off the Senate, because I'll just get too emotionally choked up about that. Well, we've been here before. So the the altar of victory that our mate Octavian established after his uh, defeat of Marcus Antonius and Cleopatra at the Battle of Actium... 
Um, as we said in an earlier episode, you know, it was in the, the Senate and they were supposed to make sacrifices there and all that kind of stuff. It had been mm-hmm. removed. It had been restored by Julian. It's removed again. Um, and the, the Senate's not very happy about this, but we'll get to that in a second. Now, you mentioned Ambrose, the Bishop of Milan. All this is taking place in Milan. Right. Because Milan is sort of now um, the, 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 where the imperial court is. Um, and this guy, Bishop Ambrose, is a very important figure in the the coming dark ages. Um, he's a major figure in early Christianity, um, very influential in a number of ways. But we'll, we'll, we'll cover him a little bit more later on. But Gratian is basically under his sway, as you You're said. Right. Um, now, uh, the pagan senators sent an embassy to Gratian saying, dude, uh, A, you're still the Pontifex Maximus, <laughs> which means you have the duty right. to make sure that the ancestral pagan rites and sacrifices are properly performed. We can't do that if you take away the altar of victory and you start banning yeah. our fucking ancestral religions. Um, you've got to restore the altar of victory and all of the rites and privileges of the Vestal Virgins and the priestly colleges. Gratian didn't even grant them an audience. Ooh, didn't blink. And then what did didn't, he do? Then, to top it off, he topped himself off over the virgins, <laughs> and then he renounces the title, office, and insignia of the Pontifex Maximus. The Rome that we all know and love is no more. Who was the first Roman emperor to be Pontifex Maximus, Ray? Ooh, I don't know. Was that, uh, what? Nope, it's gone. Who was it? Well, remember Augustus. No, emperor. Augustus wasn't. I was thinking kings. Augustus obviously wasn't emperor. He was the princeps, technically speaking. But he, um, when Lepidus died. Remember Lepidus oh, was the Pontifex the, Maximus yeah. and Augustus took it. All right, I'll take that title. That's a He's good dead, one. I'll tell you, I, yeah, I don't want to I don't want all the titles, but that's a good one. I'll keep that yeah. one. And I didn't so kill him. It, I want the record to show I didn't kill him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he died old old age. Um and and from being ignored and <laughs> from being such a loser. Um You can die from uh, that? Yeah, yeah, oh dear, yeah, definitely. Uh so apparently, um, uh, you know, all, all the emperors since then through Tiberius, etc., had been Pontifex Maximus. So 380-odd years of uh, the Augustus being Pontifex Maximus and Gratian uh, just says, no, fuck all that shit. Now, he goes a little mad, and not just party mad, uh, Vestal Virgin mad, but he also he pulls a bit of an Alexander, I think, here. Mm-hmm. Um and that's really what signals the end of his reign. He takes into his personal service a bodyguard of Alans, I mentioned before. Now, these are like Iranian Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, and he starts dressing like a Scythian warrior. No, no, no. no, um, no. He's, basically, he starts dressing like Persians. Right. He surrounds himself with Persians, starts dressing like a Persian. Who has uh, done that before? Yeah, that's what I said. Like, it's sort of Alexander-y. Right. How did it end? 
Uh, not good uh, for either of them, actually. <laughs> Particularly after the disaster of the Battle of Adrianople, mm-hmm. uh, people are like, dude, what's, what's wrong with you? He's like, hey, fuck it, if you can't beat him, join him. That's my policy. <laughs> Um, and so there was a, a Roman general uh, called Magnus Maximus. What who, does that mean? Is that biggest, the great, greatest, great. or greatest, Yeah, biggest? just the greatest of all time. He's the goat, I think. <laughs> He's the Muhammad Ali. All right. I'm the goat. That's what Magnus Maximus Woo! means. Yeah. The greatest of all time. He had a big time. boot box on his shoulder walking around dressed as a Syrian. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> so Magnus Maximus uh, takes advantage of people not being happy about this whole shit going down. Um, and he basically uh, revolts in Britain, mm-hmm. um, where he's based, invades Gaul with a large fucking army. And Gratian, who was then in Paris... Right. Decides uh, it's a good idea to get out of Dodge. He's being deserted by his troops because right. they've just decided he's a fuckhead. And he, he flees to Lyon. Um, then the governor of Lyon hands Gratian over Aww. to one of the rebel generals, Andragathius, and Gratian is assassinated on the 25th of August, 383. Damn. Which means he lasted, what, Four five years. Look he's only twenty. He's only twenty four at the end of his life. Oh God! Another one bites the dust. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. I think we can wrap it up there, Ray. Uh, All right. Because uh, we've we we're way over time. We'll pick it up next time with uh, the guy who's left standing, Theodosius. Theo. <laughs> I thought I was going to go somewhere with that, and then I didn't.